Boom. Good morning. Good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest Mike Malkowitz. By his 35th birthday, Mike had founded and sold two multi-million dollar companies. Confident that he had the formula for success, he became a small business angel investor and proceeded to lose his entire fortune. Then he started all over again, driven to find better ways to grow healthy, strong companies. Mike has devoted his life to the research and delivery of innovative, impactful, entrepreneurial strategies to you. Mike is the creator of Profit First, which is used by hundreds of thousands of companies across the globe to drive profit. He is the creator of Clockwork, a powerful method to make any business run on automatic. In his 2020 release, Fix This Next, Mike details the strategy businesses can use to determine what to do in what order to ensure healthy, fast, permanent growth. His latest book, Get Different, will give you the tools to stand out in any market. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have Mike Malkowitz to the show. Mike, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's good to be with you, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks for appearing. So let's get into state. It's it's Wednesday right before Thanksgiving. I'm right. sure we could use a little energy booster to get us going. So we're going to do three power breaths. One, we're going to breathe in through the belly, up through the chest. We're going to raise our hands. We're going to do that three times. Go ahead, breathe in. I'm with you. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. And final breath in. And out. All right. Now I'm going to count down three, two, one. We're going to yell boom and pound our chest at the top of our lungs in three, two, one, and boom. Boom. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Mike, I eat, sleep, breathe, morning habits, rituals, routines. I, yeah. They are the foundation to everything you do in life. So would love to hear what you do. First thing to start off in the morning to get you down that path towards success. I, I get up every morning uh, naturally between 5.30, quarter to 6. I don't like to use an alarm. Uh, I write from 6 to 7. I exercise size from 7 to 8. And if it's a weekend from 8 till 9, I'm in the sauna. Love it. Love Hey, create creativity, right? Right. And that's how you're able to churn out uh, yeah. so many books that, that you do exercise vital to our energy level. Our health is our greatest asset, right? You want to run fast. You want to grow a business. So, so vitally important and uh, sauna. Now I don't do the sauna. I do ice cold baths and, and cold showers, but I got to get I'm cold the, showers too. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I got to get the contrast of the heat and, and the cold. I've, it's I've really tried interesting. That. Yeah, so I was reading um, or listening to uh, the Huberman Lab. Do you listen to that show? No, I don't. I'll have to check oh. it out. It's all about optimal performance, physical performance. And one interesting thing they talk about is the exposure to heat and in cold. So I don't do a cold plunge, like an ice plunge. I just do cold showers, yep. which is pretty tough. You know, it's, it's a 50 degrees. But they, they talk about uh, 
exposure of the glabulous skin, which is uh, your palms, uh, the, ba the base of your feet, actually the forehead, it's where no hair on the human body grows. And th the veins there are very interesting in how it absorbs cold and so forth. Chances are if you do like a, a cold bath, at least my understanding is, it's actually most of that cold is entering your streams, your bloodstream through your hands, feet, and, your, and if you dunk your forehead, your head in your forehead. So I've been using this and uh, sure enough, I can experience it when I'm in a sauna. If I put my hand closer to the heat, um, which is actually the roof of the sauna, typically you can feel the heart uh, speed up faster than if I kept my uh, fist closed. And then when I go in the shower, the cold shower, I put forehead and hands into the shower for a good minute and it'll drop the body temperature. At least I feel like it does. And you start shivering as opposed to just getting cold where you have that shock factor, but I don't get cold on a sustained basis. So I'm trying that out. That's interesting because I, I do find myself hanging underneath the spigot of the shower, right? Right on, on my forehead. And I yeah, feel yeah. like that's where I get the best experience. So, hey. <laughs> there you go. Without knowing, there, there you go. That so, may be it. Yeah, that may be it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into your new book, Get yeah. Different. I got it. Love it. I'm actually reading it a, a second time. And I know your mission is core to what you do and, and yeah. the books. I've, I've gotten profit first. Thank you for that one. That changed the game for me from a business owner really taking control of, of my finances. But talk a little bit about your, your mission first and foremost, because I yeah, know that's near and dear to who you are. It really is. It's to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty uh, because I've experienced that. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. And what entrepreneurial poverty is, is this belief or expectation that we're going to start a business to be wealthy, you know, for financial freedom, that we're going to have personal freedom, do what we want, when we want. And the reality is the struggle. We're, we're not making the money we anticipated, not even close, and we're working our asses off. That gap is what I call entrepreneurial poverty. And, and I've lived it. Uh, I, I've not lived it, and I've lived it. And living it sucks. And so I'm committed to resolve that for everyone. I started off with myself. I was, I was ground zero for this process. Profit first, uh, clockwork, which is about time poverty. Everything um, helps kind of close this gap and get different was when I realized that so many people were not generating the volume of leads, of quality leads that they need. It's kind of haphazard. It was feast or famine. How do we get a sustainable um, source of leads that are, are good leads coming into our business? And if we can do that, among the other things, it starts closing this gap of entrepreneurial poverty and we can live into and lean into our vision. Love it. Love it. And what I, I know the framework, but explain a little bit about the framework of Get sure. Different and, and how to stand out, let's be honest, in a crowded marketplace. Everybody's doing yeah. the same thing, right? So- yeah, so I'll, so I'll actually start off with that because uh, that really points to the framework is the typical approach that business owners take is the typical approach when it comes to marketing. And that is a grand mistake. If you are marketing one way and I market the same way, it becomes very ignorable for the prospect. The classic example is the hey friend emails. I, I remember the very first time I got hey friend, I was like, oh my God, like who's this friend who's so friendly, by the way, they don't even call me by my first name. Who is this? And I started to read it. I'm like, oh, this is simply smarmy marketing. And uh, the next hey friend I got, I was very suspicious and sure enough, a smarmy marketing. I've never read one since. And perhaps I've received hundreds or thousands of friend, of emails that start off with hey friend. We, the consumer, become habituated, meaning very capable at ignoring things that we know that are not relevant. Therefore, replicating the marketing process that your competition's doing, that everyone's doing, actually becomes more and more invisible more quickly for the prospect. The way to stand out is the framework. Um, so... Yet different is based upon a three-stage framework. It happens to build out the acronym, da acronym DAD. Um, and I've heard like 
every freaking dad joke now. But um, <laughs> oh, and actually, I let me lay this one on you. The, the worst or the best, I should say, dad joke of all of them is this: uh, When does a good joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> Which yeah, is, listen, I've got a 13 year old and, yeah, and I'm, I'm in joke. that stage now, right? That's the epitome of dad jokes. So, um, but here's the dad framework. Step one is your marketing and you must check off all three. You can't skimp on a single one. D, the first D stands for differentiate. You have to do something that is different than the common noise. The human mind is, is wired to notice the unexpected. If you ever walk down the street and you do that, what, what? Double take. That's because something unexpected presents itself and it causes our mind to pay attention to it. When you do that in marketing, you're going to get that what, what response. Now, that response lasts for about one-tenth of a second before we make a decision, is this relevant or not? That's the next stage of your marketing. It must be A, attractive, meaning it needs to speak to the uh, audience and compel them to stay engaged. So okay. is it sor- serving a need they have? Does it solve a problem? Is it invoke curiosity? Is it entertaining? In fact, in the book, I detail 13 of these uh, attractor factors that we can use separately or to get someone engaged once they take notice. And the final D stands for direct. And unfortunately, a lot of small businesses miss out on this. A direct is to give the prospect a specific action to take. It's the call to action. A little caveat here, though, it must be safe and reasonable, meaning when the prospect sees what to do, that they say, oh, I can and want to do this. I'm being served by doing this. If you were looking to buy a car, as an example, and I'm the used car sales guy, you're looking for your dream car, for me to say, give me $100,000 and we'll find it is absurd. It's unsafe. You won't do it. On the other extreme is you can come to my lot and I say, hey, you're looking for your car? Good luck. Look around the lot. There's other lots all around. You're on your own. And now you feel abandoned. What matriculates or moves you toward that final transaction? Perhaps, you know, give me your cell number, the right to communicate with you, and I will give you pictures from this lot and our other lots so we can find and hone in on your dream car. That's a transaction that's safe and reasonable and moves us toward that final transaction. Yeah, I love that point about safe and reasonable because we are wired, right? Our minds are wired for safety, right? That's, that's totally so right. People, right. And and we, we have that caveman brain still, and we think there's a saber-toothed tiger ready to kill us. And if we see something that might be fearful, all of a sudden, I can't do it. And it's immediately switched off. Right, right. We we, we avoid, we we you know, that fight or flight, when we see something that puts us at threat, not safe, it's fight or flight. And when it comes to marketing, there isn't much to battle, we run away. And uh, you see this all the time. There, there's a technique. Um, one one way to get in the brain is through threats, by the way. Uh, a threat will, will get noticed. There's a part of our brain in the reticular formation that blocks that information that opens up when it sees something that's a threat, that saber-toothed tiger, and hits the amygdala, part of our brain that's the hyper response and says, save your life. But you've seen people in marketing if you get that letter, it says, you know, must open in three days, postal code XYZ says there's a hundred thousand dollar fine. If the wrong person receives this and it looks like it's from the IRS. That is a threat-based email. It's intended to make us feel unsafe. So what do we do? We, we open it because like, oh my God, what's going on? And then you see, it's like, oh my God, these bastards, they're trying to market right. to me. And then we go into the fight mode. We tear it up and throw it around. So we have to do something that is safe, not a threat. Love that. So, you know, with that dad framework, can you give examples on, hey, differentiating yourself, right? What what would, you know, attractiveness look like? And and obviously we we dived a little bit deeper into the the action directing, but could you give some yeah. some word examples? Because I oh, think that totally. would really, yep, color it up for the audience. Color it up. So uh, we'll start off because we were talking kind of about fitness earlier. 
Um, yep. In our little town here, I'm in Boonton, New Jersey. It's a small little colonial town. And uh, on our main street here, a lot of the shops due to COVID closed up, a lot of the restaurants. And what moved in were these fitness studios. In fact, one block from my office here, there's three fitness, fitness studios adjacent to each other. Well, actually, two of them share a common wall. They're competing directly with each other. What I noticed is they all use the common marketing. And the lesson here is don't use common. But everyone does. It's the before and after pictures. Schlubby person, ripped person. Schlubby person, ripped person. And you see people just walk by and ignore it. So I went to these gyms and said, you know what? You can be different. Does anyone want my help? And all of them rejected me. And that points back to your earlier point is that we don't feel safe. When we do something that's inconsistent with the common approach, we're being uncommon. That caveman mind says that's not safe. So it's actually hard to do different because there's this devil in our shoulder saying, you're going to be bothersome. Uh, you're going to be embarrassed. Don't do it. But the angel knows the only way to get noticed is by being noticeable. Well, I found one gym in uh, Salt Lake City. said, yeah, we'll pick you up on this. What's, what's the idea? Well, I took an idea outside the industry, and that's a technique. When you want to market differently, don't look at your industry. Look outside and pull in. I noticed when I went to a carnival with my kids, the fun house had like these mirrors with uh, that make you look like E.T. and stuff. Right. You know, people are taking pictures. And I'm like, oh, wow, we love to look ourselves in mirrors, and we love when our bodies warp like that. So right. this gym in Salt Lake City, we got two mirrors, one that made you look short and squat, another one made you look tall. And we put that, instead of the before and afters, we put these two mirrors in the window. Above the short and squat one, it put the word before. We, we put it on the mirror. And the other one we put after. So now people walk by and they see a mirror of themselves. They start taking pictures. Oh, look at me before. Look at me after. I'm schlubby. I'm ripped. I'm schlubby. I'm ripped. And there was a sign right next to it that said, we just transformed you instantaneously in the mirror. Let's change you permanently for life. Walk inside. And the foot traffic more than doubled. The, the, the lesson here, it was different. I mean, how many funhouse mirrors do you see in any store, particularly gyms? It was attractive. We love seeing ourselves, and it was direct. It said, "Now that you've seen this, let's do it for real." That's a that's a powerful story, and I, I was laughing as you were telling it because I used to own a gym, and I was like, Boy, "That's freaking that's brilliant!" There, so I, I loved love that that example for for sure. So you know, in your quest, in your yeah. mission to end entrepreneurial poverty, yeah, what what is the biggest challenge that you still face? in, in that mission. And I, I love it. Love the word mission. I have changed in any time I speak goal nice. to mission because mission is like, you're an elite military unit attack. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you it it inspires, you. right. It inspires instead of a goal is kind of like a fluffy word out, yeah. out somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Goals, a, a goal is a want, a mission's a must. Yep. And, um, I think the, one of the challenges I've seen in, in serving that mission is, myself and so many entrepreneurs, we get to the stage we're at right now. And it's true for every individual listening right now. We are where we are as a result of the actions we took. It had to get us here. But if we continue those actions, it will get you here. So it requires us to change the way we're acting, the way we're behaving. And that is really hard because we have all this confirmation. Well, I'm here because of what I did. Shouldn't I keep doing what I'm doing? And in many cases, no. Many, many entrepreneurs um, grew up on hustle and grind in your business. When you started, it's just you. And uh, they think they have to continue that. And that's actually the worst thing to do. Stop the doing. Start the designing. Well, let's start thinking strategically. And that's a big brain drain. I sit down and I'll have a half-day meeting or a full-day meeting. I have one coming up. And all we're going to talk about is the strategy of the business. And I will come out of that exhausted because you're burning so many calories to think forward, to try to project the future, 
to, to consider um, elements of your business that you can amplify and ones that you should ditch. Changing that behavior is probably the biggest struggle entrepreneurs face. Even though it seems like it's so easy, it's actually the hardest thing to do to move the business forward. And, and habit change breaking through. I mean, that's why so many people fail when they <laughs> were almost to, to New Year's, right? I mean, so many people fail creating new habits because it's so difficult to get out. And I always love to say that your success right now, to your point, is a lagging measure of what you did 90 days ago. Yeah. Right. And and you're going to be in that same spot if you don't change every single day and and evolve and continue to get better. When I, when I get to the gym, uh, you know, January 2nd or January 1st, it will be packed. It is every single year. And I just say it's, I usually think it takes one month. It's usually about two weeks. You know, by January 15th, the place is half empty. And by February 1st, it's back to the core five people that show up every morning at five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. And uh I think the problem or mistake that people are making is they go and say, I am all in. And it's easy to do that for a day, but they don't change the elements around their lives to support that. I started working out. This is about almost 10 years ago now, religiously. I, I do every day of the mm -hmm. week, five days a week. I do take two days off to rest. And um, what I noticed was my behavior needed what I call an intercept, a behavioral intercept. I wake up in the morning, go to the bathroom, drink coffee, scroll through the news, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'll work out at some point. And then the day would get away from me. I got to get off to work and I skip yet another workout. But what I did is I put my sneakers right on the toilet seat. So when I do that, my behavior, wake up in the morning, go to the bathroom, I cannot use the toilet without grabbing the sneakers. Once I have the sneakers, now momentum kicks in, put them on my feet. I'm like, all right, just walk down to the gym, get to the gym, just work out. Even if it's not going to be a great workout, get a little bit of workout going. And I was like, you know what? Let me finish my 45 minutes and go. And I consistently get a workout in. Not always perfect, but I never miss a day because I set up a behavioral intercept. And we can do that in our business. You know, profit first is a behavioral intercept. If if you're not being profitable, you, know, you can do all the spreadsheets you want and accounting, you can tweak your accounting system. But if you're not accessing that and using that constantly, it's not intercepting your behavior. That's why profit first is run at the bank. When you log into the bank, the normal path we follow, that's the toilet seat there. The sneakers are right. sitting on it. Now you see your accounts, you have to put money in there and starts that momentum and you're off to the races. And you're using some universal laws, right? Parkinson's law, when, when yep. expenses only grow, this is related to profit first as you're, you're listening and watching, you only have a certain amount. That's how big the expenses can grow. You can't spend wherever you want. It's amazing. Right, you amazing what you have. right, right. And, and so many times we don't put those intercepts, those universal right. laws in place to set us up for success. And I would say to further your point, just on, on habit creation, we've been lied to, right? 21 days to build a habit. We all know it's bullshit, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's the bare minimum. It can take three times that. So yeah. if you have that expectation and you think you made it all of a sudden at day 21, but yet you've got to go three times as long you're setting yourself up for success. So it's so, right. so, so, so powerful. So Mike, Related to, you know, entrepreneurs and, and Profit First, this new book, what is another number one strategy you would lay down for people that might be struggling with marketing, with getting their word out? What do they need to do to take action today to yeah. get noticed in the marketplace? Yeah, there's a real easy action you can take. And uh, I first want to acknowledge that if you are better than the competition in some capacity or maybe many capacities, you have a absolute responsibility to market accordingly. The world needs you. If you're better, we need to find you. So how do you get started? D indifferent does not translate to uh, outrageous. I'm not saying be a weirdo. You don't have to dress in a bozo the clown costume. 
you got to do something that stands out from what your competition's doing is different. The first step is reach out to people that have known you in your past and to people that know you currently. You know, look back to those grade school or high school days and, and current uh, days and ask people, what do you feel makes me different? Now, what's interesting is you'll see a common thread. Some people say, oh, you're always the funny person or you're always so serious or, or you really dug into the details. That natural tendency of you actually is your difference. Different is not about being a wacko. Different is actually about amplifying who you naturally are. Because once people experience your company, they're going to reflect on your marketing and was it consistent? I was on a Zoom meeting. This is a few weeks ago, but I was on a Zoom meeting and I noticed for this meeting, there's one person that's really young. This woman was like, wow, um, I didn't expect someone so young on this call uh, because they haven't had their pictures up. And then, then we turned on our cameras and her camera turned on. I was like, oh my God, you just aged 30 years in one second. And I was like, oh, that's your favorite picture when you were a prepubescent. I get it. What she was doing is putting out a favorite picture of herself, but it was inconsistent with the experience of her, which then there's a moment of mistrust. And that's a real problem. Marketing one way that's not consistent with the experience we're going to have with you has mistrust inherent to it. And that's dangerous. And that's why this really easy step of finding what your true natural tendency is, then market consistently with that. That means the clients are going to experience you consistently with that. And that's a major win. And that, that, that thing that makes you unique, that is your difference. Let's play that out in marketing in some capacity. No, I love that point. And I, I love how you brought up that example of that moment of mistrust because yeah. trust is so vital in marketing your business, bringing in prospects, taking them down and nurturing them so they are and become buyers of your, your products or services. And if that mistrust happens, it's, it's gone at that moment, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So, so, so true. So Mike, where can, uh, where can people find you? Where can they get the books, get different profit first? Thanks, Jeff. The, the place to go is mikemotorbike.com. There's a little lesson different. I have a horrible last name, Mike McCallowitz. No one can spell it. So uh, it's called the disadvantage advantage. When, when you have something that's a weakness, make it your strength. So I have a nicknames that people like to use. And now I'm on stage. People are like, Hey, it's Mike motorbike. So mikemotorbike.com. If you go there, you'll see uh, all my books are available, but I have free chapter downloads. I used to write for the Wall Street Journal, so you can get those articles for free. Uh, and I have uh, lots of podcasts I've done myself that may be of interest to you. So that's all at mikemotorbike.com, and it's all free. Love it. Different different again. There you go, Mike. Thanks, <laughs> for, uh, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.